he entered a world where fantasy is real, where he could be anything he wanted, and where he would discover the most dangerous temptation of all. Come and get me, boys. Diamonds are a I believe you were expecting me. Yes. It's silly thinking you'd fall in love with someone like me. I can't fall in love with anyone and make men believe what they want to believe. I believe in truth, freedom, and above all things, love. the financial resources to make you a star. You don't have to wear that dress tonight. I require a contract that binds Satine to me exclusively. You could destroy everything. I don't care. We have each other. Make Christian believe you don't love him. He'll fight for me. Hurt him. Hurt him to save him. Whatever happens, no matter how bad things get, we love one another. Back everybody! Hello, welcome back to the show. Welcome to the show. Hello, listeners. Everybody, my name is Pete, and I'm Scott, and, and these, these are the movies, movies that, that made us gay. Yay! Oh my god, <laughs> we are doing a movie I fucking love. Yes, indeed. I think everybody in this room, most of us can recite this movie uh, start to finish. It's another mm-hmm. one of those. Soundtrack is, is on rotation weekly. Oh, bitch. I feel. This soundtrack, I like, if it's possible to like make a CD like disintegrate from like playing too I much. I feel like I went through numerous versions of the CDs, yes. too. Oh. Throughout the years. I, th- mm, I think I just did the one, but I burned it eventually to my computer, so then we were good to go. Uh, we've got a great one. Scott, do you want to... Introduce our lovely guest so we can talk about the movie. Yes, so we watched The Moulin Rouge. Yay! Directed by Baz Luhrmann with Harper and Jonathan from the Hawkeyes. Yay! Hawkeyes Podcast, Harper and Jonathan, welcome to the show! Thank you for having us. Your your neighborhood Ethan Hawk podcast, which I have been a guest on. Yes. Yeah, we loved having you. So, Moulin Rouge, I don't think Ethan Hawk has starred in a movie with either. Of Nicole Kidman and or Ewan, McGregor. Ewan McGregor. Oddly enough, no. I was trying to figure it out. Is there a six degrees of Ethan Hawke for this? Did it, uh, oh. uh, John Leguizamo? Yeah, John Leguizamo yes. is okay. in a movie with Ethan Hawke. Which yeah. one? Uh, um, oh, he's in two movies with Ethan Hawke. He's uh-huh. in Assault in Precinct 13, uh-huh. and he's yes. in uh, Joe the King. Yeah. Okay. Um, but they don't share any scenes couple in Joe deep the cuts. King, <sighs> but they, are, they do share a scene. Yeah, Joe the King, that's a deep cut. 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Very yeah. deep cut. Yeah. Assault on Precinct 13, I think, is a little bit more yeah, widely yeah. known. But yeah, Joe the Carrie, I know the name, but I'm like, I couldn't tell you what it was about if you paid me $100 right now. Neither yeah. could we. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I feel like there's a midlife crisis movie that probably should write itself starring Ethan Hawke and Nicole Kidman. And Nicole, uh, sure, God, I yeah. love that. I mean, I feel like she's a really... She could be in a movie with with Ethan Hawke. Like, yes. Uh, she did Rabbit Hole with Aaron Eckhart. Which I, I could feel... see Ethan Hawke just playing the Aaron Eckhart role in, in Rabbit Hole 100%. and probably being better. Okay. He um, is... Aaron, Ac- <laughs> Aaron Eckhart is really good in Rabbit Hole. Yeah, I think that's the first time I saw Miles Teller, too. I thought he was mm-hmm. pretty good at that. Was he like a child child in that? He, no. No, he was like a teen. He was oh, it, was his, okay. it was his first big breakout role. Yeah. Oh, okay. Interesting. Interesting. Well, Moulin Rouge, you guys. Released June 1st, 2001, <laughs> premiered at Cannes. Yes. Of that year. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting for Moulin Rouge... Only grossed $57 million. So not initially a huge hit. Total? Yeah. But, yeah. For, what? For, no, for, like, U.S. gross. Yes. I think it hit but probably, I mean, like, like, 180 worldwide. Yeah. But, like, Marvel movies and stuff make yeah. that in a weekend now. So That's crazy. I think it was sort of, at the time, dismissed as not really a bust, but sure. maybe maybe as a disappointment. And it's one of those movies that... By the end of the, of 2001, it was huge. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just with home video, this DVD was everything. So this was at... Had a lot of stuff on This it. was at the time where DVD was fairly new, and this DVD is, like, loaded with I special had, features. I had the VHS, Ooh. which did have, a, like, a feature at the end that was, like, half an hour oh, after wow. the credits. It was, nice. like, a half hour. Yeah, it was very good. That's cool. Yeah. Does everyone want to talk about when they first watched the Moulin Rouge? Sure. Sure. Let's start, let's start with our guests. Oh, yes. <laughs> Harper, you go first. Okay. So I was seven when this movie came out. Love it. And I saw it in a theater. It was the first time I cried at a movie in a the theater. And my mom was like, wow, our child's like a, a functioning human with like feelings. <laughs> you know, can like, because it was, you know, like when kids like don't really process things. You know what I mean? And so. Yeah. But I, I did, I cried a lot at the ending of this movie when I was seven. And we saw it at the Avco in Westwood, which is now an IPIC theater. Rest in peace, Avco. Oh, wow. Oh. Um, but, yeah, I, I, I remember seeing it and being very moved by it. And then um, subsequently, my eighth birthday, which was my following birthday, I had a spectacular, spectacular themed party. You told us about spectacular, this. Spectacular! Spectacular! Wow. Yeah. Wow, well done. <laughs> so, that was great. Um, but yeah, so my mom, like we like rented a limo. And so it was me and a bunch oh my of God. my eight-year-old friends. And oh we drove God. around and um, we had t-shirts that said spectacular, spectacular. Oh my God. And um, we stopped at McDonald's and had a cake that was shaped like a limo because it was like a limo slash laundry <laughs> party. I mean, <laughs> they had to work with the theme. Yeah, they- we got the limo for the night. <laughs> I love that the theme was Moulin Rouge slash limousine. <laughs> Yeah. So amazing. So did you guys just like cruise down like Sunset Boulevard um, and do like the big loop? I think we just like drove around LA and there was like a, a, a little TV with a VCR in the back of the limo. And That's we amazing. all watched Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone <laughs> in the limo. Oh my gosh. Losing the theme there a little yeah. bit. Wow. It, was yeah. a, it was a fun time though. Yeah. Yeah. Sounds fun. The movies, uh, I mean, Moulin Rouge is magical. So, you know, mm-hmm. it really is. if there were wizards in it, I wouldn't have been like taken <laughs> aback. <laughs> That's yeah. true. That's true. <laughs> Jonathan, what about you? When did you first watch this I movie? I think I would have first watched it after meeting Harper. Uh-huh. That's which right. <laughs> which but here and here's the thing. Since then though, I mean I I've never watched it without you. 
Yeah. <laughs> I think that would be... I think you would be shocked if I had. Yeah, I would. But I have watched it a bunch of times since then. Sure. And I would say that since having seen it, because I like I I feel like I watched like the Star Wars movies a bunch when I was a kid or like, right. but since having watched Moulin Rouge for the first time, I don't think I've seen another movie as many times as I've seen Moulin Rouge. Yeah. And I'm not like a huge rewatcher anyway. Right. But at least since that time, I've seen it probably. Uh, probably like five or six times. We'll At least, I yeah. mean, because like I, I think I've watched Moulin Rouge. I'm gonna say around two hundred times, and I feel like that's kind of <laughs> like a conservative <laughs> estimate. Yeah, we've been and together so, for the last. And we, we've been together for over seven years, yeah. so like I feel like you must have seen it at least ten times. If wow, wow. Doing, I, yeah. I feel like this is the type of movie that a straight guy either has to be introduced by his girlfriend <laughs> or a gay friend that's just like sort of. Yeah. Within their reach. That's fair. That's about right. That's fair. So yeah. I remember this movie, summer of 2001. I was a reader of Premiere Magazine and reading all of the previews for this movie and just being so excited because I was a big Romeo and Juliet fan. Mm-hmm. Huge. I had sisters. Leo Mania. I remember being <laughs> so excited for this movie, but I'm from a small town. This movie was not playing anywhere near oh, within no. 100 miles. Jeez. So I had to wait until... When, when did this movie come out on video? December, probably? Yeah, sure. So, yeah. so you didn't see it in the theater? I did not see it. it in the theater. Okay. So uh-huh. I watched it with my parents, and I remember they fucking hated it. Yeah. They didn't even get past the elephant medley love song. I think that was when That's they checked crazy. out. Sure. Was when they were just like, nope, we're, 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 we're good. good. <laughs> and I'm just like, oh... I guess it's not that great. I'm still going to keep watching it. <laughs> I know people yeah. that the that the music was an issue yeah. for yes. them. Right. The mixture of songs and, and not so much that there were contemporary songs in a period setting, but the the medleyness of it all, the mm-hmm. jukebox musicalness of yeah. it. I I had friends at the time that were like, "No, this is stupid. Yeah. I'm out." I can kind of see like the the pitchfork intelligentsia type yes typing on their yeah imax being like <laughs> oh they ruined nirvana yeah exactly and um also too just like the Baz Luhrmann kind of like frenetic yeah. cutting and like very almost like looney tunes quality mm-hmm. with like sound effects and all of that stuff to like bring you into this like crazy world uh i saw this in the theater with friends um in Hastings Ranch. <laughs> and uh, it's now at LA Fitness. It is now in LA Fitness. Um just kind of yeah, I, I was familiar with Romeo and Juliet, so I kind of knew what I was getting into as far as like that crazy Baz Luhrmann world over mm-hmm. the top craziness. I think I saw Romeo and Juliet in high school, so I was at least had some frame of reference yeah. probably. Yeah, because it is weird. Like as an yeah. adult mm-hmm. and not you know, I can imagine you know, growing up with it since you're seven years old or, you know, in high school, whatever, just being like, you kind of accept that this is what the movie is. Mm -hmm. But just being like a regular random movie watcher going in, going, what in the hell am I watching? I remember my mom watching Romeo and Juliet first, seeing it on like HBO or something. And she was just like, what is going on? Like these cuts and the speeding up and the slowing down and this and that. She's just like, I just can't follow along. Okay. Um, uh, I was already a big Ewan McGregor fan. Going into it, that was yeah. like the but the main draw for off, me. Hot off the Phantom Menace, yeah, mm-hmm. for sure. And um, 
yeah, just kind of really taking to it and buying the soundtrack mm-hmm. and listening to that. Um, and yeah, listen, you mentioned the DVD when it came out, and the even the VHS, like you said, Harper, having a having a a, a little thirty minute bit at the end. The DVD just had crazy special features bursting at the seams this is at the height of like special edition dvds right it was double disc yes and there was so much crap and Mm -hmm. baslerman i feel like is the kind of person that enjoys to talk when there's a microphone in front of yes Uh, (laughs) because we have we have watched this movie with the commentary multiple times have you guys listened to the commentary for it oh uh, you need to you need to watch with the commentary (laughs) all right we're stopping right now and watching he has some some great tidbits about the making of this movie yes Mm -hmm. that's cool yeah very very interesting thoughts on it talks a lot about you know romeo and juliet and just the uh how the two movies are kind of you know spiritual sequels and mm-hmm. all that kind of a thing that in strictly ballroom right yes that's like yeah mm-hmm. this unofficial how trilogy. many movies had he made before mulan we mentioned romeo and juliet how many other movies had he made before making this one was it just strictly ballroom and romeo and juliet it might have just been the I two could have just been those yeah, yeah. Okay. now was he a production designer or a commercial director that i think just, he was a commercial director sure, yeah. that makes total sense Out of australia yes and, um, yeah, the commentary is very enlightening when it comes to all of that stuff and talking about this crazy, like, all those crazy fast cuts and the crazy sound effects and all that. They do kind of taper off. Yes. After a while. He drops you right in the pool yeah. at the beginning. But at the beginning, it's, it's yep. there really fast to kind of just get you acclimated to this hyper-realistic world that you're going to be brought into. Mm-hmm. But um, I do remember at the time that this movie was a hit among the uh, theater kid crowd. Yes, definitely. <laughs> um, karaoke bars were never the same. <laughs> but yeah, but it was one of those movies that I think it took it until the end of 2001 to really catch on. Because mm-hmm. right. it seems like now like everything is just live or die opening weekend. Sure, And this took... Yeah. I mean, a few months for it to really gain its momentum. Yeah. And by the end of the year, it was nominated for like seven Oscars, including Best Picture, which a musical for Best Picture hadn't happened, in, hadn't happened since like Beauty and the Beast. Wow. Too. Yeah. Crazy. And had it happened before Beauty and the Beast since how long? Like who even knows I that? I mean, probably, yeah. probably a while. Probably Cabaret. If you're, if you're, yeah. cl- well, if you're classifying Cabaret as a musical. Yeah. Oh, I would. And yeah, and then after and then after this, it kind of like opened. Like we had Chicago, yes. Down with Love, another Ewan McGregor classic. Oh yeah, and that's, the, <laughs> and yeah. that's what's interesting <laughs> is that there was a period of time where musicals were just not in fashion. Yeah, mm-hmm. Evita was very hot and cold with people. Yeah, yeah. Even even though it did win Madge her Golden Globe, I don't think it was really liked all that much mm-hmm. because it's boring. Sorry. <laughs> but yeah, but Moulin Rouge and Baz just sort of kickstarted the genre again. Yes. And then was it what year did Chicago win Best Two Picture? Later. Two, Two years later. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, and then it was kind of downhill after Chicago. <laughs> so it was like a good three years of like some, you know, mm-hmm. some movie musical magic. But yeah, this movie's insane. Like, it's got like pretty people. Mm-hmm. And the crazy thing is you wouldn't think Nicole Kidman I mean she's not the strongest singer but she's serviceable. Yes. Oh, and yeah. she's selling it. And <laughs> yeah. we should also talk about Nicole Kidman had a huge 2001. 
Yes, because she did. She did this. The others divorced Tom Cruise, and (laughs) Oscar nomination. (laughs) It's just like her her career was just sort of remade this year. Do you think those pictures are real? Oh, have you guys seen the pictures, the paparazzi pictures of Nicole Kidman supposedly leaving her lawyer's office? Her lawyer's office, and she's like screaming out in joy. It's like <laughs> leaving the lawyer's office after after signing the paperwork to divorce Tom Cruise, and she's like, it's like Mary Tyler Moore. She's like yeah. throwing her arms up in the air and like <laughs> spinning around. And I'm like, is this real? Is this true? They I look like, right around the time. I like to time. think it is. I like to think it is too. She's just like, fuck yes. I'm free. But yeah, this was right at the time that Nicole Kidman just hit, just, she just, her career just like skyrocketed. Yes. Mm-hmm. And she is the the beloved, our Nick, that she our is today. Nick, she's our Nick. Um, yeah, so I mean, I'm sure that Baz was just like, it has to be Nicole. So reading casting rumors for this movie off IMDb, I'm kind of taking with a grain of salt. I did see rumored satines were Catherine Zeta-Jones, Kate Winslet, Renee Zellweger, and Hilary Swank. Supposedly, Courtney Love met with Baz Luhrmann, and he said no. And she's Yikes. harbored a resentment against Nicole Kidman ever since. Oof. But then why would she agree to let Smells Like Teen Spirit in the movie? There I think go. he met with her to get that song. Yeah. Sure. That's it. Yeah, I don't think he had any we're intention gonna, of. We're going to meet role. you and talk about the lead role, but we really just want. We really just want the song. We talked about that with uh, the the movie that Ethan Hawke directed, where he sort of a similar situation where he had Yoko Ono had let him use. Uh, they did a cover of. Do you remember this jealous guy from oh, the movie? Yeah, directed? and Chelsea Walls. Chelsea Walls, yeah. yeah, and it was a, like a situation like that where uh-huh. like there was no way they could pay f- to even like license the song to cover it. Oh alone, wow! Actually. Yeah. So they, they they just had a cover in the movie, and it was a really good cover. Yeah. I mean, it was a similar situation where like. Yoko Ono had like was like, yeah. oh, this is we like what you're doing and and let him let him use it. That's yeah. cool. I mean, Dave Grohl was not very happy with uh, Smells Like Teen Spirit being in this movie. Supposedly, he was but, not. Uh, no, he said it. Yeah, like he's fully <laughs> like, no, that movie's garbage. That's such a bummer. <laughs> I know it is. It's unfortunate. I do remember sitting in the theater and that one. So- that was the one song that I was like, oh, I don't know if that fits. Like. Everything sure. else was fine. I was like, okay, I can, do, I can, you know, I'm, I'm dancing along. I'm, I'm, I'm dealing with this. And then Teen Spirit came on, and I was like, mm, mm, I don't know. But you know, I've but made peace with it. I think what, what <laughs> really works about that song for me, though, is the way that that whole scene is like clearly very thought out. Like every single second of that yes. scene yes. is so yes. thought out, and everything's coming from different directions. Like you have the girls coming from one side, and you have the men with the top hats coming mm-hmm. from the other side, and so it kind of feels like. You know, that's like just one of the directions of like coming at you sure. is the men with the smells like teen spirits. And it like yeah. it really gets that kind of like, you know, assault of music and visuals like right. working at you. Yeah, true. Yeah. No, you're right. You're right. It does work. But I just remember me being the age that I am and the age that I was then and, you know, what Nirvana like was to me at the time was I was just like, hmm, hmm. But now, I'm, now I feel, you know, I have no problem with that at all. But, um, so I, I do have a – the first clip I do want to play is just kind of to illustrate the kind of crazy frenetic, like, uh, pace of the movie very early on. It's it's There's voiceover. There's sound effects. There's, like, people crashing through ceilings. Um, so we'll just take a listen to this. Yes. 
I had come to live a penniless existence. I had come to write about truth, beauty, freedom, and that which I believed in above all things, love. Always this ridiculous obsession with love. There was only one problem. I'd never been in love. Luckily, right at that moment, an unconscious Argentinian fell through my roof. He was quickly joined by a dwarf dressed as a nun. How do you do? My name is Henri Marie Raymond Toulouse Latrec Montpas. Tell me sorry about all this. We're just upstairs rehearsing a play. What? A play? Something very modern called Spectacular Spectacular. Spectacular, spectacular. <laughs> yeah, so there's like there's like typewriter clacking, there's crazy like mm-hmm. xylophone sound effects going on back there. You've just sort of been thrown into the universe of this movie. Yeah. And then there's just like the crazy cutting, like the edits. That those shots in particular, there's like cuts, 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 cuts. Yeah. There's, there's like seconds between you know, cutting back and forth, but it's just kind of serves to, you know, mm-hmm. all of it's for a purpose. Like you said, it's so mm-hmm. planned out. And he's talked about the idea of using modern songs in a period setting to kind of, if they played period specific yes. music, and it talks, would be boring. And he talks they, about that, that to impress, uh, well, at the time, 2001 was yeah. your audience, your modern audience, your yeah. modern audience <laughs> that, if you were to straight up make a movie about the Moulin Rouge, people yeah. would think it would be boring. Yes. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. so you got to get the Spice Girls and Nirvana in, yep. in the mix. So, are the Spice Girls in there? Uh, yeah, I think so. I think they are, right? I can't remember when, but I feel really confident that they are. Okay, there's a bit when uh, Satine is in the elephant and she's waiting mm-hmm. for Christian, and I think that's the Spice Girls. Oh, sure. Later. Yeah. Well... I'm doing a clip. Google I don't have videos. a clip for but that. Yeah, but <laughs> what I was saying earlier is that he wanted, Baz wanted to kind of translate that excitement that your average person walking into the Moulin Rouge in the end of the 1800s. Sure. Kind of that sort of excitement to a modern audience. And this is how you do it. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Also, like the Can Can Girls, like uh, petticoats were just white. Mm-hmm. And then there were like the multicolored in this movie, and the costumes were like individualized and stuff, and a little sexier. A li- yeah, but so if you were to have seen, if they would have done it super period specific, it would just be a little drab looking, mm-hmm. maybe. So that's kind of why they went for like the crazy colors and and all of that. So um, it, that all makes sense, and 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 I've never I've never really faulted, and I don't really think that I heard too many negative reactions to that kind of updating as far as like the look of it yeah, like the costuming because I, I kind of feel like when you do a movie like this you like even someone who doesn't know a ton about movies or right. musicals or whatever or the moulin rouge coming into this you can pick up right away pretty much like oh this is not this is not what they're going for yeah so i feel like a lot of the times the movies that get criticized for historic historical inaccuracies more are the ones that are played for this is fact and this right. is what happened. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But when you exaggerate it this much as, as he does in this movie, you're kind of like, you just, you, you have to buy into it and you're like, all right, this is what's happening. Yeah. And totally. I feel like he had already set up his MO before with like Romeo plus Juliet, where yeah. it's like, we know that he, they have the long swords and they're like the guns. Right. Like right. Long and that kind of thing. So I think by this point you kind of, you kind of know what he's doing and you don't have to worry too much about the historical aspect of it. Yeah. 
totally. Because, like, also, I think, like, I don't think the, the Eiffel Tower was completed until, like, a couple of years later. Mm-hmm. And it's just, like, there in this movie. And there's, like... It plays a huge role in this Yeah, movie. there's top hats bouncing off of it and yeah. <laughs> all of that. Uh, when kind of going back to revisit this movie, what impresses me the most about the first scene of the movie is how well the visual effects have dated. Yeah. yeah. Mm. Because they still look really good because they're not going for a photo real mm-hmm. setting. It's right. supposed to be exaggerated. Right, it's almost yeah. like a it's like an old timey photograph for a painting. And at the time the big swooping shot to the Moulin Rouge was the longest single take visual effect shot ever put on film. Wow. Wow. And I think it was probably broke by like Fellowship of the Ring mm-hmm. six months later. <laughs> yeah. Um but yeah, the I like the big shots of Paris are, look like a pop-up book. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah, if if they would have gone for something more photoreal other movies from that time those effects look really bad. Go back and revisit The Mummy Returns. <laughs> oh no. Does not look does not look great. Released the same summer. Yeah, but just it 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 lends itself to the over the top like crazy kind of storybook quality almost to the to the material, mm-hmm. so that you kind of give the effects a little bit of leeway because they're not supposed to look real. Yeah, so that's kind of awesome. Mm-hmm. And there's also just like eight Kylie Minogues oh, hanging from hanging from strings. Yep. Like, <laughs> completely like just green like i don't know like it, it works because even though it's like the shading it's just like they just like pumped up the green and yeah it just i don't know it, it works for me <laughs> same so um kylie minogue though the green fairy come on get out of here she you know, looks awesome you know yeah, who great. the fairy was supposed to be <gasps> no oh. who it was supposed to be marilyn manson oh Whoa. that was the idea and then they want a a complete uh-huh. 180. A complete yeah. 180 yeah. and did, and did Kylie. Like Kylie is a good choice, though. I feel great about her being in this yes. movie. So it was like sure. Marilyn Manson or uh, I think he also mentioned Ozzy Osbourne. Mm, okay. Wow. Well, I see, I see. Uh, Marilyn and Ozzy weren't going to be like Tinkerbell, mm-hmm. Green Fairy. They were going to be like almost like genies. Pops out of the bottle of absence. Yeah. Okay. But then they decided to go in another direction and do like a... But it fits so well because yes. there's like the all the iconography and like the bottle and all that and mm-hmm. yeah, I love that. I had my first sip of absinthe. <laughs> <laughs> so there's this other there's a movie called uh, uh, Total Eclipse with Leonardo DiCaprio. We need to do it eventually. Yes, uh, and he plays this like French poet, and it's set in the same time period, and he plays this like French poet. Uh, called Arthur Rimbaud and uh, David Thewlis from Harry Potter is also in it. And they do, they like drink a lot of absinthe. And it was one of these movies that was on like Cinemax or something when I was in high school. And I was just like, what is this movie? Like see Leonardo DiCaprio's buns in this movie. And he's like 18. And I'm just like, what is this? And I like secretly recorded it and we'll watch it. And, and it was set in Paris and they drank all this absinthe, and I was just like fascinated. And that was in this movie, and I was like, "What?" Um, so we were doing our deep dive into the IMDb trivia, and I read somewhere that Leo, because he had just worked with Baz on Romeo and Juliet, was very interested in this movie. 
Do you think he was ever considered as Christian? Okay, so the story goes that, he, that Baz was like, all right, show me what you got. Leo came in and sang and was like, yeah, this isn't going to work. Wow. Sorry, pal. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, you could say he was basically in the worst version of this movie, which is <laughs> The Great Gatsby. <laughs> right? <laughs> sure. Do you you know, know, that movie is the same. It's just like Tony yeah. McGuire's at a typewriter instead of right. yeah. McGregor. True. We recently revisited The Great Gatsby, and I thought it went down pretty well all these years later, because mm-hmm. I feel like I wasn't all that impressed with it, and I think I have a visual appreciation for it. Totally. Just because right, all of yeah. Catherine Martin's production design and costumes are pretty beautiful to look at, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. but all it doesn't quite shirts. raise to the level <laughs> that this movie does. Uh-huh. I think it's just the material. And he th- he was going for the same idea, getting like Jay Z and like mm-hmm. you know all these musicians right, yeah. to like do the music, and it was fun, and the music is really cool. But yeah, I don't know something about that Gatsby and that soundtrack is a little bit more like lower tempo, I so think, it's just not as exciting. I think it just has I to do with I don't know. I think it just has to do with the book. Well, yeah, the material is also Two. just a big so, downer. Yeah. <laughs> well, not that this movie isn't a big downer. Like Satine dies at the. First scene of the movie. Yep. He's like, know, yeah, we, she's dead. We know right away. <laughs> yeah. She's dead. And so the whole time you're thinking, oh, this movie's not going to have a happy ending. Mm-hmm. She's going to die at the end? Or, do you th- or were you thinking, maybe she'll live? Do you th- every time you watch it, are you like, oh, she'll live this time? No. <laughs> um, but I do feel like, I don't know, you get so sucked into, sucked into it. Yeah. it that you kind of let yourself forget what's going to happen. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, except for they really don't let you forget it all. Like several times throughout the movie, yes. like cuts to like an overlay of her dying. Yes, just at like the falling. End. Yeah, yeah, that shot. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so you know you can't forget, and also she's constantly like passing out and coughing up blood. Yes, this is true. The consumption is just overtaking her. Could you <laughs> imagine the amount of work our Nick put in to that "Diamonds Are a Girl's Best Friend" song? Ugh. Wearing that I mean, heavy corset, so heavy, kicking, like. wearing heels. No <laughs> wonder, like she almost broke her knee. That's the whole story: is that she broke, or like she didn't break her knee. Like she she fell when doing that scene, and it held up shooting wow. for like weeks. I thought you so, and dropped wow. her. Oh, am I thinking of? Am I thinking of a, a different scene? I always assume that it was the opening number because it looks like she's doing the most work. No, the reason that she got. Injured and had to drop out of panic room. The injury, I'm pretty sure the injury was you and dropping her. Oh, she was going to do panic room. Yes. Yeah. Yes, indeed. Whoa. Yeah. I think it was like an 11th hour decision, too, that yeah. she dropped out. She's wow. a voice in the movie uh-huh. when they call the ex-husband. She's like his wife There's like an over answer, the phone. There's like an answering yeah. machine voice, and it's Crazy. her, and that's it. Yes. Um, but yeah, she had to drop out because her injury was not fully healed yet, and that movie's so like physical that she totally. You know, she it must it. be the Your Song scene. It has to be. I'm scene thinking then. the rooftop. Yeah. She's spinning around. Mm-hmm. It's the only time they really dance together. But I think I just assumed that it was Diamonds or a Girl's Best Friend. Cause She's on she the is, swing. She is yeah. like doing yeah. some... Yeah. Like acrobatic yeah. and yeah. dancing work in that scene while wearing heels. And that's another thing about yeah. Nicole is that she's very like, I don't know. I feel like her persona or she's just kind of thought of as just very like austere, dramatic, you know, like tragic, like 
woman, but in this movie, she really like lets loose, like dancing mm-hmm. and singing, yeah. and like she sells spectacular, spectacular in that scene. Yeah, and I mean, like one of the funniest movie scenes ever of all time is when um, they're in the they're in the elephant together, and he starts to like do the poetry for her. Yes, and she's, like mm-hmm. pretending to like orgasm. Yes, his did you know words. that was the clip that they showed at the Oscars? Oh, that's so <laughs> funny. They didn't show her big dramatic scene with Zidler. They showed her like screaming and hollering, screaming on the, on the bed. Yeah. I remember so shady. on the Oscars going, what the fuck? Why did they show this shot? Wow. So weird. Funny, yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, that's the thing. It's like she, I think she's just thought of as so like serious and she's like mm-hmm. living her life in that scene. And it's really funny. And she's like, and last night we're watching it and the volume's up really loud. And she's <laughs> like, ah, like screaming. I'm like, oh my God, the neighbors think we're watching like porno. It's super loud. And especially for audiences going into this movie, I mean... I mean, she would. They had never seen Nicole like this before in a movie. Like no, this is a really, side yeah. of Nicole Kidman they had never seen. Yeah, yeah. Just coming off of like eyes wide shut. I'm trying to think of movies with Nicole Kidman that I would have like known of before this. Sure. I don't know that because ba- being seven, I yeah. don't know that I would have had much of a knowledge. <laughs> oh yeah, of her. <laughs> I Batman think I Forever. Probably saw Practical Magic. Sure. Yeah. Um. And but even now, I don't really. Um. She no, that's Sandra Bullock. Um. Yeah, no, I think maybe... Yeah, I might have seen Batman, but, you know, it doesn't... Yeah. Not a big uh, part of my movie lexicon. Right. Yeah. Good to hear that you weren't watching Deadcom as, like, a six-year-old. <laughs> Is that the one on the boat with Billy Zane? Yeah. Love it. Yeah, and then later I definitely saw Far and Away, but I didn't see that until middle right. school. Okay. Yeah. Um, and I was, like I said, I was very familiar with Ewan McGregor. Mm-hmm. Um, I was very familiar with uh, his penchant for taking his pants off in movies didn't think it was going to happen in this but you know you, you can, see him you could naked dream. in velvet goldmine exactly was that before this oh yeah yeah oh yeah velvet goldmine mm-hmm. is iconic um that soundtrack is amazing mm-hmm. and impossible to find really yes it's not on itunes oh. um he was in before that he was in emma before that too right he was yep yeah and yeah, Phantom Menace. I mm-hmm. would. I saw Phantom Menace in theaters too. Awesome. In Santa Inez. Awesome. Um, <laughs> <laughs> nice. I don't know if you remember where. Yeah, yeah. Because I, I think I saw it there a couple times. I don't know why. I don't like. I we were on vacation. I think we just went to see it twice in the theater. <laughs> I mean, Phantom Menace was a big one. I remember yeah. where it was when I saw Phantom Menace. Did you know that I I saw Phantom Menace somewhere in Southern California, and I for the life of me do not know where, and it bothers me to this day. Wild. I'm drawing the conclusion that I think it was at the Ontario Mills Mall. Hmm. Wow. Because <laughs> I think, like, for where we were at that time, it would make sense if it was in, on, if it was in Ontario. Mm-hmm. Were, you, were you also on vacation? Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Weren't you, didn't you have gone to Disneyland? Yes. So we were in Anaheim, mm-hmm. making our way back up to the high desert. So, yeah. Possibly Ontario Mills. Yeah. That's how I would wrap. That's how I map mm-hmm. it. Makes sense. I I saw it at the uh, the lakes at West Covina. With Damien. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Jonathan, did you see? <laughs> no, that I saw it in theaters. Yeah, I don't know wow. that I did. That's crazy. It was an event. Everybody saw it in the theater. <laughs> <laughs> the whole world was watching. Um, but yeah, Ewan McGregor was amazing. I, I mean, he's like, so he's like, oh my god, he's my ride or die. Like, never has been nominated for an Oscar. Never not. Yeah, I was thinking Shocking. about that last night. Crazy. In my controversial uh, hot take that Leo, while Leo could not convincingly play Christian, 
uh, Ewan could probably convincingly portray Rick Dalton. He would make an interesting Rick Dalton, too. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Throw some sideburns on yeah, it. Yeah, you know? Yeah. Um, you know, I was thinking about that last night, and I was like, man, Ewan hasn't been nominated for any Oscars for any. But what would he have been? Sure. I mean, he doesn't do a lot of, like, big yeah. Oscar Beatty movies. Um, but, yeah, like, I'm ride or die for Ewan, and I was watching it last night, and there's shots of him, like, in a tank, like, a wife beater like tank yeah, top with like vest with the vest the on yeah it's and a, the scarf very yeah. yeah i mean it's a good look you know it's very it's very intelligent like <laughs> the suspenders and everything but i was thinking i'm watching him there in, in like this various states of undress and i'm thinking you know in uh in 2020 he'd be so much more ripped yeah like he was, it, he was, mm-hmm. he's Ian McGregor's well built man, very well built gentleman. But you know, at the time, slender. yeah, he just, would have he would have to get shredded for this movie. Oh my now. god, yeah, and he he doesn't even have his shirt off. But I feel mm-hmm. like any actor nowadays, just the arms that you saw mm-hmm. would have just been like completely. Who would you cast shredded. as Christian in twenty twenty? Well, I mean, now there's a lot. There's a Timothy whole lot Chalamet. of Timothy oh. Chalamet. Yeah, there's. It's either uh-huh. him or just a whole lot of like Netflix so and sos that I, mean, I don't know their names. Ansel. Zac Efron pretty much plays the Christian role in The Greatest Showman. Ooh. Ooh. Yeah. True. True. Which I'll just get out of the way. And Zac Efron can say. Greatest Showman. I don't hate the movie. <laughs> I'll, I'll say that I don't hate the movie. I think it's fun, show. but I don't think it successfully does what the Moulin Rouge does. No, well, yeah. definitely no, not. But definitely what I, not. I think what The Greatest Showman does do is it's like it has a lot of like really catchy original songs. Which That's you true. Don't, yes. Like you don't. We don't yep. get. Yes. original movie musicals yeah. anymore you know like not really i mean we had la la land oh and, and the people that you know. wrote the songs for la la land wrote yes yeah it's bench Pasek and the other guy yeah. whose name i can't remember i think my big problem is is that i feel like the greatest showman doesn't quite know if it wants to be a legit biopic of pt barnum sure. or kind of live in its own musical fantasy world i feel like sure. it's sort of undecided it takes itself more seriously mm-hmm. than Moulin Rouge does. Yeah. Yes. And, and it, it comes off being a less serious movie for it. Yeah. No, you're absolutely right. And it, the fact that it does take itself so seriously, yet it kind of skirts a lot of like weird actual P.T. Barnum yes. like, stuff. Right, yeah. Um, my biggest issue is... Uh, uh, What's her name from Dawson's Creek? Uh, oh, Michelle Williams. Williams. <laughs> My biggest problem is uh, the best Michelle. Way to describe her. <laughs> Michelle Williams' wig in this movie. Uh, oh, yeah. It's 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 not the best. Oh, she, yeah, she needs she no. needs to visit Nicole Kidman's wig. Uh, Speaking of Nicole wig Kidman's artists. wigs, you see some beautiful wigs that yeah. Nick wears. There's in this some really movie. good wig work in this movie. It may have been her introduction to her her current wig guy because it's it's. Uh, Flawless. I mean, I think that probably Ewan is the only person not wigged in this entire cast. I think he may be wearing something because the I think he's wearing a piece. His hair mm-hmm. sure oh. is crazy in the front, the, yeah. the part. And I feel like I remember Baz kind of mentioning like every single person's wig. Do, do you do you think that uh, Baz made the cameraman wear wigs too? <laughs> like, I mean, it's only fair. On set, yeah, the caterers. It's like yeah, it's like that thing when it's like they're doing a nude scene. It's like <laughs> uh, it's like it's like that. Uh, it's like that story from. From the canyons with, with Lindsay Lohan. Oh my yeah. gosh, what an upsetting movie to watch. I, I watched that whole movie, <laughs> and I can't believe that I did it. Oh, we watched That's it. That's a good way to put it. The movie is upsetting. We watched and... it like opening week was on demand. 
It's fucking terrible. <laughs> I watched it, honestly. So I watched it in a hotel room in Sonoma with my dad. Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> Although I will say about that movie, Lindsay, not the worst part about it. No, she's not. I feel like she sort of gives it the old college try, and it just doesn't work. Yeah. Yeah, she didn't seem well, though. No. Mm, no. No, 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 no. Yeah. There were parts of it that I was almost like, did they bow finger this? Did they were just like following yeah. her around, like shooting through the bushes? Just like, there's <laughs> Lindsay. Like, turn the camera on. <laughs> she doesn't know they're making a movie. <laughs> <laughs> I do like the, I do like the image of, of, of Baz making everyone on set put wigs on um (laughs) this movie doesn't have any like of the crazy stories that like uh that romeo and juliet had because they shot in mexico and it was so shady like i think it was a pretty cushy australian soundstage nobody spiked their clam chowder Mm -hmm. and like made everybody oh that was titanic it was titanic but i'm sure that that happened but i'm sure that the that the shoot in mexico city for Romeo and Juliet was not like a comfortable. I think someone was kidnapped. Like I'm serious. Like I think somebody we was need to, we need to look into it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and you didn't know that like all of that movie is shot pretty much in Mexico. Oh yeah, I don't yeah. think I really know that much. Yeah, about that mm-hmm. movie. it makes sense, yeah. but I don't think I knew that either. Yeah. Um, okay, where are we in this movie? So I mean, <laughs> we get opening to the, scene. the story. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We get the big introduction and in song and dance of Satine because we've talked about the diamonds are a girl's best friend. So it's their big movie opening of the movie. We yeah. get the big can can. Okay. And then speaking of like uh theater kids just like living and dying by this movie at the time. I remember certain people that were like dancers that were just like I I'm just so mad because like the can can scene was like so edited that you couldn't even see the dancing and I'm just like I don't care. Like it was still impressive yeah. and like yeah. big and fun. Like they're like, yeah, but the dancing. I'm like, and if you're going right. to be using that fat boy, that fat boy slim song, yeah. that scene has to be cut fast. Cause that's yeah. the only way that you could edit that together. Totally. Although, and this was what, this was my answer to them too, was get the special edition DVD because there's like a whole like single cut, no cuts, like single camera, uh, shot of oh, the rehearsals. Wow. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. And so it's all of that. It's all the girls in just like white, like long skirts over the like dance, like mm-hmm. rehearsal clothes. And it's just like this big, huge studio and they're doing the entire thing. This would have had to employ every single dancer on the continent of Australia. <laughs> yeah. Australia is pretty big with not a lot of people, I guess. It's got a lot of dancers in this. <laughs> but there's a lot of extras in this movie. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. true. There's a lot of Moulin Rouge dancers. Yeah, I feel like two of the most notable extras from this movie are the bald, like, muscle twins that dan- are still dancing with each other. Mm-hmm. With, like, the heavily tattooed. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In, yeah. like, old-timey, like, bathing like bathing suits. Mm-hmm. I love that. They kind of look like strong men. Yeah. There's also, like, a little person, like, can-can girl. Mm-hmm. Love that. There's like circus people. She plays a very vital role at the end of the movie. She too. does. I forgot about mm-hmm. that. We watched it last uh, night. I, I was like, yes. I'm sure that she has a name. She does. Too. Like Everyone in this movie has a name. Yes. <laughs> and they're all kind of like gang names. Like they're mm-hmm. like <laughs> Baby Doll and like. Yeah, Chocolat. Yeah, Chocolat. <laughs> but I don't know. I think it's, it's France, you know. It's <laughs> <laughs> France. Um, but what does Satine call. Everyone that works there is creatures of the night. Mm-hmm. Something they are, yeah, that's they have, another they have sort of a name like that, that. A couple of times, yeah, yeah. 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 And then, I think because there's the part where the Duke is like, 
uh, you know, I'll respond in the only language you creatures of the night understand. And right. The implication mm-hmm. is that he'll kill, start killing people. Yeah. Yeah. And then so there's I think like, there's multiple, there's like multiple people throughout that call them that creatures of the night. Or something yeah. Like that. Yeah. Cause I think they're supposed to be kind of like a lower class too of like society. Cause also at the time frame, like the caste system also of like, mm-hmm. you know, the rich and like, I feel well, like show people were well, very also, like, vulgar. I, it sets up with Satine's arc is that she is kind of the main attraction of the Moulin Rouge and yes. she's sort of dismissed as being a prostitute. Yes. I mean, yes. she sort of is, is like a high-class hoe, but even <laughs> regardless, if she she's wasn't a courtesan, an actress at the time would have been dismissed as being as being a prostitute. Sure. Too. Right. And her goal is to become a serious, serious actress at the stage. Yeah. A real yeah. actress? Mm-hmm. Like the great yeah. Sarah Bernard. <laughs> And this um, is around the time we get my new favorite line from this movie. My favorite line before, oh. was, which you played, which was when he says, what is this ridiculous obsession <laughs> with love? Uh, and your then my favorite new... line isn't a uh, uh, penniless writer. Oops, Oops I, I mean guitar player. Yeah. <laughs> yes, but my, my, a line that I had not, uh, re- that had receded to the back of my mind that is now my, my favorite line, is which oh, is when yeah. Ziegler is going toward... Uh, uh, Satine, and he's like kind of wa- waving his arms toward. He's like, my little strawberry. <laughs> <laughs> so his good. performance is insane. Jim Broadbent, great, so, insane. So this is the year it's that so he won good. an Oscar too. So it was a big, yeah. it was a big 2001 for Jim Broadbent. What did he win for? He won for a, a little movie called Iris. Oh, I remember. I that. feel like he probably should have been nominated for the Moulin Rouge, but the more serious role sort of mm-hmm. yeah. made its way to the top. Yeah, that was when he calls her his little strawberry. That was right before he turns to the camera and says, everything's going so well. (laughs) They are (laughs) lacing her up in that corset only to get her out and lingerie the next scene. Thank you. I have a continuity question. Yeah, that's... Because then then she gets back into it. She gets back into it. Yeah, like how could she do that by herself? I almost wonder if the idea was they would be back to back and then just in the editing room. That's what I was saying. Yeah. That's how it worked out. just cut it weirdly. Yeah. Because she needs that woman's help to like get she into gets that snatched thing. in that corset. <laughs> yeah, the, that everything's going so well part. I know that like line so well because on the soundtrack, it's the beginning of yes. the red room. Right, meet yep. you in the red, red room. room. That's yeah. the song that I th- is that the Spice Girls? No, I no. Oh, okay, that's the song that I thought was Spice. I could have been wrong about the Spice Girls. So no, we should probably set somewhere. up the Christian. Of course, lays eyes on Satine during her big number. And they mistake him for the Duke. Yes. Right. Yes. And Who's yes. a financier for the He's Moulin gonna be Rouge. bankrolling the Moulin Rouge yes. and he ends up in the elephant. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. That set is insane, by the way. That elephant yeah. set. Yeah. <laughs> and it all looks sort of practical. Mm-hmm. Like it's like a little elephant fort set. Yeah, there's like a roof. You can go up on the roof. Yeah, because when they come out and sing that song later on, and he's jumping on top it's of the head of the elephant, like a little you can kind house. of see inside of it. I mean, that's probably a and real. And it's set. like right across from the Moulin Rouge. Yeah, you can see the the like kind of art the windmill of the Moulin Rouge from the elephant. Yes, mm-hmm. it's yeah. There's like a weird like courtyard. You've been to the actual Moulin Rouge. School. I have been to the Moulin Rouge, <laughs> and I have a picture of myself out in front of the real Moulin Rouge. Here, Pete, there's a. Oh, we'll find it. Yeah, later. we'll find it later. Yeah. But yeah, I have been to the real Moulin Rouge, and I guess back in the day there was an elephant in the oh. middle courtyard. Wow, that's cool. Because there was 
a courtyard and then dance hall. Yeah, like you go through the main there was like doors a garden courtyard and, it's an and open that's, area. And that's where the elephant was. Yeah. Cool. And then you go to another set of doors to get into mm-hmm. the big theater, right? Yeah. And what do they have there now? Just like showgirls? Yeah, I guess so. I never actually went in. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It would have been fun too though. But we did the little uh sort of Vegas strip of the Momont. Momont. Yeah, the Momont. I, I can't pronounce it. I have a picture in front of the Sacre Coeur too. Too. That's the big church on the hill? Yeah. From Amelie? Mm-hmm. Well, and from France. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Every single thing you from ever Earth. see in France. Yeah. Yeah. It, was, it was built for that movie. Yeah. <laughs> from, the, from the finale of The Good Place. Oh, I haven't seen the finale episode yet. Oh, okay. no I've, I have two more. <laughs> I don't want to finish it because <laughs> I'm sad. Yeah, I think the whole storyline with like the the mistaken identity and the duke and all of that um it's fun it's a you know it's just kind of it's a very comedy of errors yeah and old, it's just put in place mm-hmm. old timey drama yeah to get this ball rolling though because it is kind of uh convoluted but ultimately satine is supposed to meet with this financier this duke to yes. se- secure money for the moulin rouge but she accidentally meets christian who is a penniless writer, a writer, and <laughs> poetry. Oh, and, yes, naughty words. Naughty words. It's quite modern. <laughs> I remember my younger brother hearing your song, the Elton John original version, mm-hmm. and going, well, I'll be damned. I thought that was like just dialogue from the Moulin Rouge. <laughs> it was just I was like, no, it just fits so perfectly into the movie. It was That's his, why it's so genius. It was his like Roseanne, well, I'll be damned, I'll if, be damned if, if Gone with the Gone Wind the wasn't, wasn't a wasn't book. A <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't remember if I was all that familiar with your song before the movie. Sure. It's one of those things that I'm sure that I had heard it, but not really identified it with. Well, I think this movie did a lot for people to just know that song. Like now, I don't think it was, I think it was known, but it was, you know, not one of his bigger, like legacy hits. It was, I mean, like it's what, uh, almost famous did for tiny dancer. Mm -hmm. Just brought these songs back into Mm -hmm. the like modern publics, like, you know, yeah. wheelhouse. Your song was like his, it was his first big hit and that's what kind of put him on the map. Yeah. But after that, I think like, you know, Rocket Man and like mm-hmm. Goodbye Elbrick Road, all those other songs kind of maybe took it. over a little yes. bit. Yeah. Yeah. And Benny and the Jets, like kind of like more like upbeat right. vibe that he kind of came into with his later albums. Yeah, totally. And you, cause your song is like 71 or something, right? It's like really it's old. It's like his first album. Yeah. I'm pretty it's like sure. Super... It's like, it's his breakout hit yeah. basically. Yeah. Because it's on that best of that I have that was released in like seventy four. Is that the mm-hmm. one with like the white, the, the, the white. yellow glasses? Mm-hmm. And, yeah, yeah. I had that. I had the CD as well. Yeah, it's a good album. Yeah, it's just a good cover. Too. Nonstop I love hits. Cover. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and Yoon yeah. pretty much sings the song from beginning to end, right? Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. That's pretty cool. It's one of the only ones in the movie that mm-hmm. they do the entire yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. true. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's such a good scene in Rocket Man. Yeah. Oh my God, I love that scene. <laughs> I totally blocked it out. What happens in that scene in Rocketman? It's where he's sitting at the piano, uh, writing. Oh, yeah, he, yeah, yeah, he's yeah, right. Yeah. He's writing the music to the words. Right? They they live. Yes. A, they live. Uh, Bernie has moved into his. And they moved back in with his with mother. His mother. Uh, right. yeah. And yeah, he just has the 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 lyrics, and he's writing the song around it. And Bernie's you, just kind of watching. Did you see them at the Oscars? The two of them together. 
Yes. Because they got, yeah, they got the award and they got up there and then they were trying. And it was just like, I don't know, it was so sweet to me to like see two people <laughs> who've like been friends for so long. Yeah. And this creative relationship that has like outlasted everything else. Yeah. yeah. It's amazing. Yeah. Because you think about like Simon and Garth, you think of all these like iconic partnerships that mm-hmm. like dissolve after five or six years and to see like for 50 mm-hmm. yeah. years yeah. that they've stuck together just like such a strong friendship. Oh, totally. It's pretty amazing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And how do they do that? How do they, does one of them write lyrics and another one yeah. writes a song around it? That's it's so cool. insane to yeah. me. Yeah. They were just meant to be. I know. It's crazy. Yeah. Go watch Rocket Man, people, if you haven't seen it. <laughs> <laughs> it's really good. Um, yeah, your song is amazing. Uh, when <sighs> What happens between your song and Elephant Love Medley? Oh, uh, spectacular, spectacular. Spectacular. Because oh, it's where they have to yes. pitch the Duke. Yes. Okay. They have to pitch the Duke the musical. Um, okay. Yes. Can I say two She's... things that happened before that that of I course. Love, I'm obsessed with? Is okay, so when Ewan McGregor starts to like really sing your song, yeah. all of the lights in Paris turn yeah. on. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So good. That's so funny. <laughs> yeah. And then the other thing I really love is after that scene when she's uh the Duke comes in and he's like hiding and he tries to go out the door but <laughs> oh, then yeah. um, warner uh the duke's man is out there warner. so then he closes the door and he tries to hide by just putting his face in the corner yeah, <laughs> yeah. he's like there's like a little curtain that's like barely grazing the top of his head and that's as good <laughs> yeah. as it gets for it's him like hiding. a like a puppy thing like they can't see me because yeah. i can't he see just, them like, literally turns to the wall and thinks <laughs> that that's good enough so good. <laughs> i love that i can't believe it I'm in love. I'm in love with a young, handsome, talented Duke. Mm-hmm. Duke. Mm, not that the title's important, of course. <laughs> not a Duke. Not a Duke. I'm a writer. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> a writer? Who's <laughs> a writer? Oh, Toulouse. You're not another of Toulouse's oh so talented, charmingly bohemian, <laughs> tragically impoverished protege. Well, I might say that, yes. Oh, no! <laughs> I'm going to kill him! God, I think there might be a small hit. Toulouse told me to kill The Duke! The Duke! The Duke! I love that this has happened to her before. Like, right? Yeah. Somebody's... She's like, not another one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. She's like mildly upset at first. She's like, oh, this shit again. Yeah. <laughs> um... There's a Moulin Rouge from the 50s. Yes. With Jaja Gabor. There's also <laughs> one from the silent era from France, too. Oh, wow. So there was two. So that was like a movies. contemporary, like, sh- the shit was mm-hmm. still happening. Yep. In the same Cooper with Romeo and same one. with right? Gatsby. Got like a similar oh, yeah. We oddly have never two. seen the Jaja Moulin Rouge. I need to give it a watch. I mean, those 50s, like, Technicolor musicals are sometimes a chore. At least the Phantom of the Opera one is. Yeah. Um, have you I, ever seen the Phantom? 50s, no, I not haven't. great. Yeah, yeah beautiful looking, very, classic. very boring. Yeah, yeah. Awesome. yeah. I saw, I saw Phantom at the um, the Pantages. Pantages. Oh, and it, like the the set that they had was incredible. It's like this giant moving like the, 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 the that spun. We saw yeah. it in San Diego. We saw that one. Too. Yeah, yeah, it was yeah. amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, it was really cool. And the, they come out of it and they walk down the. Yeah, <laughs> that was crazy when the insane. steps were like yeah, coming yeah, out yeah. of the thing. Yeah, it's that was insane. cool. Unbelievable. Yeah, that's like that's when you go and you're like, this is theater. <laughs> 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 we simply must come to the theater more often. <laughs> <laughs> and speaking of theater, there is a. I think there's. Cur- 
currently a Moulin Rouge musical. A stage production. I don't know if it's currently there, on Broadway. It is currently, is it currently on, on Broadway. Broadway. Wow. It's going to start touring soon. <gasps> That's cool. Uh, <sighs> I can't... I, I tried <laughs> to listen to the soundtrack, and oh. I had to turn it off. Oh, no! I had a really hard time. I think I'll enjoy it if I see it live. Sure. Sure. But I think that like hearing like I don't know like an Ariana Grande song plugged into Moulin Rouge really upset me. Oh, like, is that what they're know, doing now? Like, yeah, so they update, update the music, sure. okay. and I've heard that it's a fun show. But sure, I just really wanted to die a lot. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we're all so used to this soundtrack. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like I just want to hear Aaron Tveit sing all these songs instead of Hugh McGregor. Is what I want. Right? But, yeah. Uh, you know, I don't think it's really that aged. I mean, there's not anything besides mm-hmm. like. Lady Marmalade. <laughs> I I don't even think Lady Marmalade has aged. That's still a banger. I think it that's is. the only song they leave alone in the stage. Oh, show. okay. Interesting. Yeah, in the in the uh 50s version, Toulouse Lautrec, I believe, is one of the main characters, and Zsa Zsa Gabor plays the actual historical like can can girl that Satine was like based on. That her oh, character was like modeled after, because oh. there were like famous girls. Yeah, mm-hmm. like the four main girls, like Nini, like the mean one, like the Diamond Dogs. Yeah, mm-hmm. she's yeah. like modeled after a historical dancer, and then like the big like heavy set one, like that was like was one. she as big as a bitch? I mean that we don't. Know. <laughs> when she says that to the Duke, I'm just like I think I said out loud on the couch. Mind your own business, bitch. Bitch. <laughs> well, when you and like shoves her off, yeah. Later yeah. on, I'm no like, hit her! It's <laughs> <laughs> like, knock our lights out. <laughs> it's, a, it's the 1900s. No one will care. <laughs> no woman deserves it, but yeah. this woman deserves it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she deserves That was rude. Um, yeah. So, I mean, at first, uh, Satine is like, nope, this isn't going to work. I will not fall in love. She's very is very uh like she's very like Vivian and and uh pretty woman. Yeah. Like nope, no kissing on the mouth. Like mm-hmm. I'm not going to fall in love with you. Uh and never take less than 100. And never take less. Than- <laughs> 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 I mean, she's not wrong. This is her job. Yeah. She yeah. can't go around like mm-hmm. she needs to think of her future. Yeah. She's a sparkling jewel. Yeah. Sparkling diamond. Sparkling diamond. It's yeah. like it's like all those it's Diamonds like, ain't cheap. No. No. Yes. It's it's like all those old dudes at the at the strip club that bring that bring the girls flowers and they think that that's their girlfriend. They think that they're married to the dancers. They're not. Yeah. <laughs> or like are like dating. They're not keeping the flowers. Yep. <laughs> that is why they get walked to their car at the end of the night. <laughs> <laughs> not that we have that much experience at strip clubs. But uh, so, okay, so Christian comes back after uh, the, okay, spectacular, spectacular. I don't have uh, a big, long clip of that except for. Spectacular, (laughs) spectacular. (laughs) But that scene is kind of amazing. It's so good. Yeah, it's pretty funny. And they they make it up on the spot. Yeah, it really feels like they're just using everything in this room Mm -hmm. and, like, just pulling this here and that there and, like, making this crazy little set with puppetry and And all that. And that's what's funny about, 
later on when when she says, "Oops, I meant to top that," <laughs> because it's like so fucking obvious. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean. Like he like even like literally looks at her and is like, uh, "Courtesan yeah. and uh, penniless scissor uh, player." <laughs> it's like no shit. Yeah, he's not the sharpest. Yeah, I think maybe Duke, too the Duke the is we're just like okay, the Duke is just kind of a dummy. Yeah, but. Um, I, and I love his like delivery, like the way he talks in this movie. It's yeah. so like he's so, so like good. effectively creepy. You know yes. what I mean? What's yeah. his name? It's um, the actor. Yeah, Richard Ruxburg. All we've seen Bury. with him is Van Helsing. Bro, Bro. Yeah. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. I don't know if I know him from anything. He's else. really good. Yeah, he's in Van Helsing, which is terrible. Um, and he's also doesn't that have a um, uh, Hugh Jackman? Yes, indeed. Mm-hmm. Ah, uh, yeah, you have to see it. He's Van Helsing. <laughs> Because there's that long. there's that part where uh, where uh, Ewan says like he asks him like what's it about and he's like it's about love and he's like love <laughs> 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 which is really funny. Yes. Was just the way he says that yeah I mean there's those scenes where uh, she goes on dates with the Duke but Christian goes with them right yeah and there's yeah. that one scene where he's like look a flat a frog yeah, <laughs> yeah. Frog. and then just like stomps on it you're like what the fuck <laughs> he just goes and just the way he plays it off like he's got his little cane and he's like stomping on this frog and he is playing this he's making some really funny choices and his I mean he's like the classic no shenanigans comedy of errors villain with like he does have a, a long curly like mustache a, a curly mustache <laughs> and like a cape yeah yeah, yeah he's a hat. yeah mm-hmm. he's a very silent film era kind of villain um so yeah, so the spectacular, spectacular scene is kind of amazing. Uh, Nicole is selling it. Yeah. She's jumping yep. up and down. She's like doing everything. Again, can you see Leo doing all this? I don't know. I don't you know. know, he's a great actor, but I just think he takes himself a little too seriously. I don't know if he's that fun. I mean, I think that like Rick Dalton, I think that's kind of maybe the most fun I've seen him right. in a while yeah. or ever. And even that, there's parts where he's his character is taking himself super seriously. Yeah. That's written in there though. Yeah. But right. you're right, it is a little bit more of a fun uh fun performance. But um yeah, after after this we get to like the elephant love medley, which again is one is one of the things that kind of was Where my parents Don and Lori checked yeah. out. Yeah. <laughs> They're just like, we're good. Yeah. And I'm yeah. just like, oh well I, I, I guess I'll just stay up and yeah. keep watching I'll it. just finish this it, dumb movie it, anyway. It changed a lot of lives. <laughs> changed a lot of lives. Changed a lot of lives. <laughs> but we have... Um, well, we'll listen to this a little bit. This was also from the soundtrack because they did that thing that Tarantino soundtracks do where they play a little bit of audio for the movie mm-hmm. right before the song starts. I can't fall in love with anyone. Can't fall in love? But... A life without love, that's terrible. No, being on the street, that's terrible. No. Love is like oxygen. What? Love is a many splendid thing. Love lifts us up where we belong. All you need is love. Please don't start that again. All you need is love. A girl has got to eat. All you need is love. She'll end up on the street. All you need Uh, is love. Love is just a game. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean... I think good. the elephant love medley is fun. Good. Yeah. It's so good. Sorry. I still know every word to both parts. Like. And they sing Dolly. <laughs> they sing Dolly Parton. They do yeah. sing Dolly. Well. I like still to this day on IMDb's uh, Dolly Parton's page. It's mm-hmm. like most known for Moulin Rouge is like number three. 
What? Because wow. <laughs> it's wow. that Not big of like a, it's just that big of like an algorithm that it always goes to the Mulan. Oh, sure, sure, sure. Yep. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I, I mean, granted, people at the time were more familiar with Whitney, but you know. Well, I think a dolly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and yeah, those special effects are crazy. Yeah. yeah. When that like turntable and there's like like fireworks going on behind yeah. them, like out the big oh, heart, yeah. like window, yeah, yeah, yeah. all that stuff is nuts. But it it still looks cool. Like it still doesn't look mm-hmm. because it's so mm-hmm. heightened, like you kind of look past like, oh well that's you know, green screen or whatever. But it's like obviously because there's so many layers and all that, but it, it looks good. And like the like there's like a man in the moon and he's like singing opera and like yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's uh I think it's like uh it's not Pavarotti. That's not the other guy either. It's Placido Domingo. Oh. From the three tenors. Not the other guy? It's not the other guy. The other guy? <laughs> yeah. Did you know that yeah. did you know that I wrote to the other guy when I was in grade school? I mean because I Because he's friends with my uh my stepfather's mother. And I oh. wrote to him. I mean the three tenors were a big yep. deal in like in the like the late nineties. He didn't answer 2000s. back. Well, you know, he gets a lot of fan mail. Mm-hmm. He's the other guy. But yeah, the it's not Placido Domingo's like face in the moon. Mm-hmm. It's like an actor, but it's his voice. Who's in the credits? And he's in the credits. Yeah. Um, and th- that's not Ziegler singing in like like a virgin. No. What? Yeah. No, I'm. It's not Jim Broadbent I think, singing. I think they got a. They sound got a alike. sound alike. I think he does. How I about think, that? I think Jim Broadbent does Shattered. the can <laughs> I think he does the can can because that's a pretty talk sing yeah. song. But yeah, I think like wow. a virgin, they got a sound alike. Yeah. I feel. I feel the need to console you. I feel the need to console you right now. That was when I was when I when I was seven. That was my favorite scene in the movie. I just thought. It, I think just because I was a kid and it's sure. so fun. There's it is so funny. much going yeah. on. And he's got like the veil. And yeah, like, yeah, yeah. yeah, and there's all the dancers in the. We can yeah. appreciate yeah. how gay all of the dancers are <laughs> yeah. in that scene. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah that's it. I, Go ahead. I was just gonna say, like, I feel like that scene, like, the movie kind of shifts a little bit and like yeah. visually changes too, because you have in the beginning there's like, like, like we're saying, all of the colors, yeah. all of the like mm-hmm. this fast paced like action and singing and mm-hmm. all that stuff. And once we get to the, the Gothic Dukes, Tower, the Gothic Tower, yeah. yeah, the movie tonally changes and visually, yeah, mm-hmm. it change, it gets darker. Everything kind of slows down. Yes. The pace mm-hmm. of the movie slows down a lot. It like yeah. slips more into this dramatic role once we get there. I was thinking about that too. I was kind of thinking once we passed that point, I was thinking to myself, is this where I usually just stopped it? Like when I just stop watching after I mean, the first being is fun. Yeah, the first hour and ten minutes of this movie is like jammed, packed. Yeah, Yeah. it is song after song after song after song. Because I was gonna say, I kind of had in my notes when Ziedler confronts Satine and is like, "You need to break it off." Mm -hmm. That's to me that, but it's like the very next scene because that's where that's when she says, or that's when she's supposed to meet him at the Gothic Tower. Mm -hmm. Will. Will the uh, will the lovers meet? The lovers at the meet. Sitar players' abode. Yeah, the lovers will meet at the, the sitar players' abode. Yeah. That's the most important scene. <laughs> I kept thinking about since it's so packed in with songs. Yeah, if there was any studio notes of you have to cut something. Yeah, and yeah, I feel like all of the main songs were kept in the movie. And I was kind of thinking, like, what song could you take out 
and you could still follow None the movie. <laughs> but yeah, I think they all just build on one another. And yeah. You have to have all yeah. of them. Yeah. They're I've, all in service of something, I think. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think when I would originally listen to the soundtrack, I feel like Someday I'll Fly Away was like my least favorite. I like oh, the yeah, remixed I, I like the remixed version that. of that yeah. song on the second soundtrack. Oh more. yeah. Uh, ah, have you listened to that too. one? <laughs> <laughs> yep. I love that album. I uh, see I didn't have two. I That's didn't what have Spectacular one. Spectacular song. Oh, yeah. Okay. Um, but that song, like we were saying, that song isn't, ser- that's such a part of yes. her character. She's got like, even she has a little bird in her like dressing room that she like talks to and like, it's her like character beat of like mm-hmm. flying away. She's going to leave the Moulin Rouge eventually. Um, the, okay. So they're going to convert the Moulin Rouge into a theater. Into mm-hmm. a theater. A theater. Because it wasn't a theater? It was, it was a, a dance hall. It was hall. a dance hall. Okay. Yeah. So it was like theater in the round style. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't really like a stage. It was just where the band was, yeah. I yeah. guess. Okay. All right. That makes sense. It's like that weird Emmys where it was in in theater in the round. Do you remember weird. that? Yeah. That was weird. Yeah. I'm picturing it more like the Golden Horseshoe Saloon like at, at Disneyland. That's still a traditional that's theater, That's still like though. a theater. Yeah, I guess. I feel like that's what the Moulin Rouge looked like inside, but bigger. Possibly. <laughs> There's Can-Can Girls there. Mm-hmm. I, always, I always associated Can-Can Girls with like the Old West mm-hmm. when sure. I was a kid, mostly because of the Golden Horseshoe Theater at, at, at Disneyland, because my dad would take us in there to see the Can-Can Girls. Um, but it's interesting because like the Can-Can, I guess, itself, it's like this is the same time frame. Like the old West, yeah, as this, right, yeah, and it's sure. just like made its way like to the U.S. I guess, and like the the style of like of like the girls and the dancers and the style of dress and all that. So it was probably immigrants leaving France, coming to the old West. Sure, like in far and, and away, and starting up saloons. Yes, like in far. Well, they're well, they're they're Irish. They're from Ireland. Yes, I mean those accents. Come on, can't forget that. Oof. That was some great accent work. <laughs> Um, I have a little bit of the Duke contract mm. where he talks about the contract. Do you want his to line delivery is pretty funny? Yeah. yeah, I feel like we're talking about his line delivery. Maybe we should listen to that scene. Mm-hmm. Okay, I would require a contract that um, uh, binds Satine to me exclusively. Naturally, I shall require some security. I shall require the deeds to Moulin Rouge. My dear Duke, I... Pish! Don't think that I'm naive, Ziedler. I shall hold the deeds to the Moulin Rouge. And if there are any shenanigans, I... my manservant, Warner, will deal with it in the only language that you underworld show folk understand. Satine will be mine. It's not that I'm a jealous man. I just don't like other people touching my things. Well, all right. Mm-hmm. And there's a strong like visual aspect to the scene as well, where he's like grabbing his hat yes. that's on his lap. Yeah, and he like crushes it. Like at yeah. first he's like gingerly like yeah, holding yeah, yeah, it, and yeah. then it's just like Arr! like destroys it, which ultimately he would do with Satine. Mm-hmm. If he got his mitts around her, right? Yeah. Um, so Satine and Christian are like having this affair in full view of everybody. Yeah. Yes. Frankly. Everyone knows. <laughs> Everyone knows. <laughs> yeah. I mean, but yeah, they're going on these crazy dates with the with the Duke. Mm-hmm. 
it's but okay you're... though because there's no mountain too high and no this river is true i mean should we talk a little bit about come what may come what may and why it got uh snubbed for best original so you song? would think that this song would just clear out all of the best original songs mm-hmm. but fun fact was not written for this movie was it written uh, for the end credits of another movie or something? It was written for Romeo and Juliet because I think yeah. that the uh, idea was wow. to have a musical sequence in yeah. Romeo and Juliet. So they wrote the song and then they just dropped the entire musical number. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think maybe they rewrote it a little bit to cater to the Moulin Rouge. But yeah, Come What May was written for Romeo and Juliet. And we lost our opportunity to see Nicole Kidman singing at the Oscars. Yeah. Singing to you win. Yeah, on stage yeah. that would have been amazing. Mm-hmm. And I, I guess that Baz says that they could have put it in, but he thinks that enough people knew that it was for Romeo and Juliet that eventually it would have gotten disqualified. That's it would have so gotten disqualified. Shitty, yeah, I, mean, I just feel like it's for his own project. You know, it was still his. Like, yeah, it was still for one of his projects. There are original yeah. songs in this movie, so I'm surprised why those didn't end up getting picked. Because I'll fly away. I believe is original. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think so, yeah, and also uh, on at the show mm, the is show original. Must go on. Oh, the show must the yeah. show must yeah, go on. That's Queen. Oh, oh, sure. Yeah. Oh wow. I mean, it sounds so different. Yeah, it's just very like big, but I mean, yeah. you know, and I, sure. that's the version I knew first. Oh, but, okay. oh man, I saw Queen with Adam Lambert. Oh, at the ball. Uh, at the forum oh cool oh wow that's cool did they oh maybe they didn't do that song and I, oh you know what they didn't do that song mm. i'm sorry oh, i was about to get excited but they didn't do that song mm. well i just had my well i'll be damned you just had your wig snatched i'll be damned <laughs> if <laughs> on the show wasn't the queen version yeah because what they do what they take out of it from the queen i mean i love the moulin rouge version yeah. but in the queen version the show must go on yeah yeah you know, that's in the <laughs> version they took it out of the... yeah. huh so it's a little different okay but it's still but they're both great yeah and i feel like maybe some jail fly away is just not yeah it's know. not like yeah you know when when you nominate a song from moulin rouge you want it to be like a big yeah. in big your face song, song. Yeah. and also even like the full version from the soundtrack is really short yeah it's like not almost a full i don't think it's ever been anyone's favorite yeah yeah so oh well but uh yeah eventually we get we get horrible awful nini Mm -hmm. yeah giving him this idea why is why is he gonna uh why is she gonna choose the penniless writer writer? i mean sitar player it's um, the most fun line in this movie to say. It is sure. good. It is good. But it leads to like the big like mm-hmm. accidental reveal for, by Christian. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, he's yeah. so dumb. I, he's, it's so <laughs> frustrating. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that seems a very big like, <gasps> because she doesn't love you. She doesn't love you. <laughs> him. I meant him. <laughs> I do like the Duke. It's like this huge production number, and it's that thing where it's like it's very almost like uh, like White Christmas. You see this giant production, sure. like big huge number, and it all ends, and it just cuts to just the Duke sitting there, and cuts the to him in a chair, yeah. sort of unimpressed. I don't like this ending. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> and then yeah, we get the big reveal from Christian. And, um, I mean, how did they cover that up? 
Uh, she kind of like tries to, you know, yeah, be like, oh, over. these writers with their infatuation. Yeah. Oh, sure, sure, sure. Uh, and then she's like, we will have dinner at the Gothic Tower tonight, you and I. Right. We'll just like, don't worry about it. And, you know, and she's going to sleep with him so that they could get the, the proper ending right. of the show. Right. Which, I mean, let's be real. Just do it. Yeah. <laughs> Gotta get that money. I know, but. <laughs> you guys are living in the gutter otherwise. Yeah. <laughs> but Satina's going to leave, though. And we get my favorite diva moment of Nicole Kidman when she's telling Zidler that she's gonna she's gonna leave. Well, is this after the whole necklace debacle and Roxanne? Oh, I think it is. Yeah, because yeah. we do. We have the Gothic Tower scene where he gives her this like crazy necklace, right? And. Christian's all pissed off because he knows she's over there at this very moment. They talk on the commentary how that bone down. that diamond nep- that diamond Netflix or Netflix mm-hmm. necklace <laughs> is like <laughs> it was real. It was real and it's worth like a million dollars. Yeah, wow, yeah. wow. that's crazy. Yeah. They got it on loan. Yes, um, yeah, and Christian's just like okay, she's like five hundred feet away from me right now, getting bone zoned. And I'm mad, and I'm going to sing a song about it. Uh, but that's when... Uh, the narcoleptic he, Argentinian comes Yes. In. <laughs> no, but I was going to say, that's when, he, that's when he shoves Nini, and I was like, hit her! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and the narcoleptic Argentinian comes in. I don't know that the concept of narcolepsy would have been uh, well-known at uh, the turn of the century. Probably yeah. not diagnosed. <laughs> yeah, they'll just be like, this guy's just weird. Guy also, how time. do we feel about John Leguizamo playing the dwarf? Is it successful? Um, I think... Uh, well, did you know he's actually... He has his feet bound to his waist the whole time. But That's it's still, crazy. But it still yeah. always looks like John, Le- John Leguizamo, Leguizamo is, like, on his knees. is on his knees the entire time. That's fine. Well, is he taking a job from a little person? Should a, a dwarf have, have played that role? I mean, maybe. Well, but Toulouse was not a dwarf. Like, he had something it wrong with his legs that, like... Short. Yeah. It was like oh, King of the Hill's dad. He had no shins. Um, it was a thing where, like, his legs were, like, busted or something. Oh, he wasn't, okay. like, a dwarf. Uh, he was just... Yeah, something was up. Because he's in proportion. Yeah. Of regular people. But yeah, but I mean, yeah, John Leguizamo on his knees is going to be like, you know, a normal looking dude. Um, Yeah, I don't know. But yeah, maybe today they... (laughs) Was the dwarf in uh, in Greatest Showman a little person? Yes, he was. It was not his singing voice, though. Mm, Interesting. Um, So, okay, where were we? But I think think John Leguizamo does do a good job in this role. And and playing, being in love with Christian. Yes. Yeah, for sure. You know, that's. I feel like that's something that doesn't come up a lot. But he, I think that is how this that is character true. is played. This is true. I agree. I agree. I think that it's kind of, they threw in a shot here and there. Yeah. And I think that maybe today would have been explored a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Because at the end of uh, Elephant Love Medley, we he's see like it like, the... it, you know, it cuts yeah. to him across the way. And he's watching them and he's sad and he's drinking and, by himself. Yeah. And it looks like he was, he's been crying. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then yes. he sings the How Wonderful Life Is, Now You're in the World. Yes. It's like, ugh. And there's the like that like love montage where they're in the in the flat and he's like there with them mm-hmm. and they're like all happy and stuff but he's like there rehearsing and all that so yeah I definitely think that that would have been explored a little bit more but uh, I mean it was there mm-hmm. and we can yeah. kind of infer infer all that but yeah I, th- I think he was if we needed more 
queer subtext of the Moulin Rouge yeah. to go around. <laughs> there's yeah. the most blatantly obvious one. Yeah, there's there's uh, there's enough stuff otherwise. Um, so yeah, ta- the Roxanne Tango. That's a cool song too. I feel like it wasn't my favorite. Oh, it's one of it's maybe my favorite. Maybe it's, your favorite. It's one of those things that I never think it's my favorite until I get to it. Yeah. And watching it last night, wow, this is cut together beautifully. Yeah. yeah. I like get, Christian's part. You get all of like the narratives going on at once during the song. Yes. And it's very it's a very powerful movie moment. Yes. And it gives you like a different sound too than you've got for the rest of the movie, you know, which yeah, I that's appreciate. True. It kind of it changes it up and it's like a turn to the darkness of the end of the movie. Right. You know, it does a, it does a really good job of that. The choreography is incredible. Like all yes. of the dancers, there's yeah. so many That's again. True. There's so many of them, but this time they're all doing the same thing instead yeah. of like at the beginning where you know you have all these like conflicting uh, you know movement at the at the beginning. But right. now they're all uniform, and he's walking through them, and it's it's beautifully shot and beautifully choreographed. Okay, all right. Now I have better appreciation for it. Mm-hmm. I was gonna say I do really like Christian's singing part in that. Uh, in that song as well. So, yeah, yeah that is really good. Last night while we were watching it, I was just doing an Instagram story of that whole part. It's always my favorite. It's, it's one of my favorite parts to watch. And, like, I was just, like, scream singing with it. It was so fun. Yeah. Yeah, it is a very, like, uh, a belt, like you're belting when, you, mm-hmm. when you're singing that bit. Um, so then uh, Satine's in the Gothic Tower. She's, like, kind of being overtaken by the Duke. But she's saved She's saved by Chocolate Moose. Mm-hmm. He comes in and saves the day. <laughs> yeah, well, and the whole reason why that happens, like, you why know, does she that was going to... you know? Because, well, I don't... Well, he, I think, was just there. I think he had maybe accompanied her there. Oh, and was, sure. like, you know, to make sure she was okay. Yeah. But um, the reason why, I mean, ultimately the Duke like was going to rape her Yes, was because Christian walks by down on the street below and yes. she starts to there sing, you go. You know, yeah. come what may yes. to him. And then he's like, Oh, I see. Yeah. And then, and, you know, and he throws her down, rips the necklace off of her, starts to like rip her clothing off. Of her. Yeah. Um, you know, ugh. yeah. And then she's saved by chocolate, chocolate mousse. And she goes over to Ziedler's office and she tells him she's going to hit the road. With yes. Christian. They're going to leave the Moulin Rouge. Yes, indeed. That is a really good scene. He can't scare us. He's a powerful man. You know he can do it. What are you doing? I don't need you anymore! All my life, you made me believe I was only worth what someone would pay for me! But Christian loves me. He loves me, Harold. He loves me. And that is worth everything. We're going away from you, away from the Duke, away from the Moulin Rouge. Goodbye, Harold. You're dying, Satine. I mean, did she not know? That's, uh, yeah, the whole time I'm like, you know, I know they didn't, like, tell her specifically. Like, they had a doctor that knew, and they yeah. didn't tell her specifically. But, like, you must be, like, somewhat in tune with your own body. Yeah. You're very yeah. not well. And I think you also know that consumption is a thing. Yeah. I mean, that... it was probably, like, one out of every ten people probably died of this <laughs> yeah. back then. Like, coughing up blood's not a great sign, right? Yeah. I think you yeah. kind of understand that this, oh, this is what's going around right now. This should have been the Oscar clip. That should have been yeah. the Oscar clip. For I sure. like how she makes sh- there, there there are a lot of like non uh uh word 
Breath acting. Yeah, acting yes. that she does in this mm-hmm. movie. Indeed. There's, there's the aforementioned scene where she's like on the little love couch and rolling around like, yes, <laughs> yes. And then this, which is like, <gasps> like there's, yeah. a lot of, there's a whole lot of gasping from her yes. in this movie. Also, for me, some of the most satisfying Nicole Kidman breath acting in this movie is um, <laughs> when she passes out during uh, uh, Diamonds Are a Girl's Best Friend. Mm-hmm. Which is, <gasps> and then she falls yeah, back. Yeah, and yeah. then also the same during Come What May, the finale, Come What May number. Oh, yeah. She's like, and forgive everything. And then she's like, <gasps> you know, it's so good. Yeah. It's, and I, like, I'm a, I love singing along with the soundtrack and yeah. with the movie while I'm watching it. And you have to do that breath during Come oh yes. yeah you get <laughs> you the, they should have a third disc of the moulin rouge <laughs> it's just her gasping <laughs> we can uh attempt to do a super cut of that but <laughs> i don't know if i have the time i've got a full-time yeah, it job take a while. it would take a while yeah <laughs> i work 40 hours a week <laughs> but um i mean eventually we have to do they have to do the full show right for i mean the the Duke and the entire like audience. The, the Ziedler keeps saying like the show must go on, right? So we en- end up doing the entire show, and it is impressive. It yes, is. like it is. the dancing, like all of it. The the stage, it's crazy how amazing it looks. Yeah. Um, the way it's shot. Um, it gets kind of dark though when Clint Christian makes his way on stage. Yeah. Um like throwing money at her and like yeah. oh yeah. I've paid my whore. <laughs> yeah. I I love saying that anytime I pay one of my friends money. Like, <laughs> I'm going to start doing that now. <laughs> I've paid my whore. Yeah, it gets pretty dark, but you know. Oh, and then that line comes back too that his father says at the beginning. Or like, you know, thank you yeah, for yeah, curing me of my ridiculous obsession with love. love. Yeah. Yeah. And he's saying it, trying to fight back tears. Like, that is a really good delivery yeah. from Ewan yeah. right there because yeah, yeah, he's like, he's going to sure. cry, but he's like, not going to cry. He's going to say it. He's going to say what he has to say and leave. Mm-hmm. And I kind of love that. It's like some really good Christian, like, cry acting there. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when he's walking away, she starts to sing come what may uh, yes yeah because that's well yeah. he okay so he comes out on stage there's a lot happening that we we've kind of come back to this like full-on immersive experience where there's like 10 different people and they're all doing different things yes yes mm-hmm. uh, and this is this kind of comes back into focus this type of scene from earlier in the movie um and the reason he ends up on stage is because he's like he's like having this moment with her and then the doors open and they're both out on stage yes. now and everyone in the uh, and he's not playing right. the sitar player, yeah. and everyone in the audience is like, uh. And so uh, Ziegler like sort of saves it. He's like, "Oh, you cannot fool me." Yeah, <laughs> he's like, <"Disguise." laughs> yeah. And everyone in the audience is like, "Oh, yeah." <laughs> like everyone in the audience is just here for whatever yeah. is going on. Yeah, I feel like an old timey audience would just be like, "Sure, that's what that's what's happening now." Yeah. Like <laughs> they would totally buy into it. Um, yeah, I guess there was like probably like some quick change action that was going on with Satine's character, and mm-hmm. yeah, he was just chasing her backstage and wound up up there. Um, but yeah, all the stuff with what's going on on stage and uh, what's the manservant's uh, Warner. M- <laughs> Warner, the manservant. He's like, he's like got his gun. I yeah. like when he blends in with the with the musicians because they're all bald. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that was so kind of funny. <laughs> But yeah, there's a lot going on. It's very like um, comedy of errors, like you said, mm-hmm. Scott, with just like the Mi- gun being knocked, mistaken identities. Yeah, yeah. 
but the I think the staging of the last of that last scene is really crazy. Yeah, and so but it's good. it's well done. Yeah, it's, it's theatrical. Yeah, it really just like it's cinematic. It's cinematic. It yeah. come everything comes together. Yeah, our star-crossed lovers are reunited. Yeah, and they're uh, having their big their big moment with each other. Yes, uh, although their their reunion is going to be cut short by. I mean, Satine's <laughs> dropping <Yeah>. dead. <laughs> That's the whole thing, too, because you have the, you know, this device that they set up at the beginning of the movie that she's fucking going to die. So you're just like, okay, she's dead. We know this gun is in play, but that's like writing, like 101. Like, you, you introduce a gun, you got to shoot it. So you're like, okay, mm-hmm. is she going to get shot? Is she going to shoot her? <laughs> like, is she going to survive this time? Like, what's going to happen? So it's very like it's very tense, but it's very successful in that like building of all that tension, and um, yeah, it's just kind of a weird downer. <laughs> but I mean, I don't know. I think it's like still successful as far as like the love story, even though and she yeah. and she tells him the it's like the Shakespeare in love ending where he's gonna write. His heartbreak and the right, art, right, yeah. too. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Very good. Mm-hmm. That's a good analogy. I like that. Yep. <laughs> Tell our story, Christian. Oh, boy. It's about truth, beauty, no, don't do wrong. Freedom, and the American beauty, way. Freedom. Justice in the American way. <laughs> <laughs> That's from the last place. <laughs> and Superman. To the Republic for which it stands. <laughs> um, did we reach the end of this? Is there anything I think else we that? did. Oh, my goodness gracious. But, I mean... Who doesn't love the Moulin Rouge like a bunch of gay men and their hag friends <laughs> just to sing songs of this movie on like the on like the drama bus going to like a speech and drama meet? Uh, yeah, like rocking out to the soundtrack I in mean, your car. Yeah, if, if anything, the soundtrack just brought a lot of people together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I remember when. I suppose this is a good time to segue into Lady Marmalade. I remember when that song came out at the end of the school year, because I think that came out in like April uh-huh. or May. Uh-huh. And I just remember it just being fucking huge. I yes. remember being on the tennis court and all of us just like singing it. Oh my God. And yeah. That. that music video with Missy Elliott introducing it, <laughs> them at the MTV Movie Awards. It was everywhere Christina yeah Aguilar's hair was so big oh in my that God. video during that whole time she and, was just so big and it's her waist like, was so tiny it's like twisted sister style yes it's a very d snyder look mm-hmm. like the makeup the hair all of that but it's iconic uh everyone has to decide who they're gonna be in the song <laughs> like who's gonna be the pink no one really wants to be the maya oh no yeah but i mean I feel like when we're we were out last week in West Hollywood, and the DJs put, just put this on, and people lost their goddamn mind. <laughs> so it still brings down the house. It did. It did bring up bring down the house that night uh, at, at the Foo Bar. Um, do we have any final thoughts on this movie and what it means to us in our, our lives, Harper? Uh, I think it's the greatest movie of all time. <laughs> That's it. I love Much that. like the song. Yeah. I love that. I mean. I'm not going to argue with your thoughts on that. It's, it has a very rewatchability about it that you can just put it on and it can just you can just go with it. 
Yes, Always. Indeed. Yeah, that, and I just think it does everything so well. Like, it looks amazing. It sounds amazing. Mm-hmm. Like, great performances. It's just so, it does everything well. I mean, it's such a movie. It's a movie. It mm-hmm. is, yeah. Yeah, it's a movie. With a capital M. Yeah. Yeah. And, That's for sure. I mean, I suppose that we had The Greatest Showman, which sort of tried to do it. But, I mean, movies like this have a hard time getting made now. Yeah, totally. Originality is very hard to come by. Mm-hmm. With stuff like this, it's true. It's true. Um, uh, Jonathan, what do you think? What do you? Have? Final I, no, thoughts? I like you it. Agree? I enjoyed it. Yeah, <laughs> no, I, I found myself like laughing at a lot of stuff Good. that I had obviously seen a bunch of times. Before. Yeah, <laughs> like just like and a lot of these like little moments that like you don't really. Like like I said, like when uh, when the Duke says love, yeah, <laughs> like a lot of that kind of stuff where you're just like, oh, this this really hits, and like yeah. with the lights coming on in Paris and all that yeah. stuff. Like, there's a lot of really little for all the big moments in this movie. There are a lot of really little moments that yes. deliver as well, and I think that's what makes us makes it a solid movie. So you you have both. So. Awesome, yeah, mm-hmm. agree. Um, yeah, I just I, I feel like this hit at a time when I was. Um, just kind of like appreciating like the movie musical like coming back into yeah. like cinema um, like I said I'm just a ride or die for Ewan McGregor uh, this just has a lot of like super gay shit in it like this song um, <laughs> like Christina's cue into the song this yeah <laughs> yeah, I mean, it just, yeah, it it hit at the club. It like it it. This song's a fucking banger, and yeah, the, this movie did mean a lot to like me coming up and like just kind of being like, yeah, this. It's amazing. It is. I agree, Harper. It's it's uh, it's one of the best movies ever. Yeah, <laughs> Scott, what do you got? I mean. Agreed. I love it. It's great. It's a movie, too, that I'll sometimes forget about, and then I'll put it on and be like, man, this movie's fucking great. So I feel like I'll go through an extended period of time of either not listening to the soundtrack or watching the movie, and then I watch it, and then all of a sudden the soundtrack is just on repeat. Yes. Indeed. And like I said before, when we opened it, I admire that the movie was not a huge success when it came out in the theater and its audience found it. Like, it eventually got its cult following. It hit at the right time with DVD Because people just discovered it. They didn't necessarily need to discover it in the theater, but they found it. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. Um, Thanks for coming on, guys. Do you guys want to talk about Hawkeyes a little bit? Yes, plug your show. Talk about Hawkeyes. Tell us where we can find it, all that good stuff. Um, Well, we're uh, anywhere you can find podcasts. You can listen to Hawkeyes. Um, We're usually after a couple of football podcasts, and then you'll see us. (laughs) Uh, But, yeah, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok even, at Hawkeyes Pod. Uh, And you can find me at Harping About everywhere, all those places. Yeah. Awesome. Sure. Yeah. And yeah. you guys are roughly halfway through Ethan Hawke's filmography, right? Uh, we're close. We're almost halfway. You, you're oh, in wow. like the mid 2000s. Yeah, we're in the late 2000s, and sure. we're still not even halfway. Like he starts to really work. Ramping yeah. Up a yeah. little bit more. Yeah. Well, you guys can go back and re-listen to me. <laughs> listen to me on their podcast. I talk yes. about 
Ethan Hawke and Gwyneth Paltrow and Great Expectations. A great episode. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, we went to, uh, we have some friends at Clementine, which is a fun little bakery and restaurant in Century City. And the, I, I asked for an Ethan Hawke cupcake because they were doing conversation, you know, like conversation hearts for oh, cupcakes. Sure. And so I was like, something Ethan Hawke. And then they did, uh, they put Great Expectations on the cupcake. <laughs> it was very cute. That's cool. And Ethan Hawke has commented on your account. He has several, well, he has commented once and liked. Like several yeah. Wow. So he knows that you exist. He knows that we're That's around. Amazing. That's really cool. Yeah. I'm hoping that. that with he has a new show coming out on Showtime this year, and I'm hoping that with that, with promotion for that, he'll be out here more and we'll get a chance to, you know, get in there. Wow. <laughs> That'd be really cool. Yeah. Good luck with that. That's amazing. Uh, listeners, you can also find us on social media as well. We are on Instagram and Facebook at Movies That Made Us Gay. We are on Twitter at MTMUGPod. That's at MTMUGPod. We would love for you to rate and review our show. Give us five stars. Go to iTunes and give us five stars and it write helps, a review. It helps that algorithm go up. It does. It helps more people find us and listen to us and tell your friends about our show if you like it. Thank you so much for listening, everybody. We'll see you next week. Bye. 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 Spectacular. Spectacular.